This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 187, episode 187 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a super duper week. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some great, with some with some great podcasts that's what i meant to say some great podcasts drinks after work eat the damn cake i'm the promoter he's the dj 30 flirty and surviving music you're missing a chance to strive rambling with the purpose the hobby be fit and so many other great podcasts and if you're in sports cards you can always check out big night breaks they are breaking cards on whatnot youtube facebook instagram every single like morning afternoon night breakfast lunch dinner you name it they're breaking cards go check them out you can always go check them out in person at the card vault down at patriot place or down at foxwoods in connecticut you can always follow big night media on instagram at big night media where you can win free tickets to big night live every tuesday with timmy ticket tuesday and you can always get your banner banter podcast merchandise at bignightshop.com i think i'm going to be coming out with some new merchandise either this week or the following week so keep your eyes out for that you know maybe a candle maybe a tote bag um, maybe a hoodie maybe some new hats who knows just in time for the new season so yeah you can support the podcast i'll keep you posted follow on facebook and instagram at banner banter podcast or on the twitter machine banner banter 18 so episode 187 what are we what are we going to be talking about uh we'll talk about the celtics first preseason game on sunday what to look for in their next preseason game on Wednesday against the Raptors. We'll talk about Blake Griffin. And then, of course, we'll talk right now about the Ime Adoka situation. Just very, very quickly. I really don't want to talk about it. I'm really not into the days of our lives stuff. It This is a very, very serious matter. There's obviously a lot of legal stuff behind it. It was obviously weird, understandable, frustrating. I get it. Like all this type of stuff towards media day last Monday for the Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum admitted he found out through Twitter. Jalen Brown seemed confused and frustrated that the players didn't know more information. You obviously understand where they're coming from, and you also understand where the team's coming from. You know, there's a huge legal aspect of this, I am sure, that they can't give out all the information to the players. Both Jalen and Jason have not talked to Ime Adoka, which I find very surprising. So that was very interesting to hear. Um, but obviously, more and more reports are coming out. There's, you know, some former NBA players like like Matt Barnes saying that this is a hundred times messier than we've ever thought. Ime Adoka will never coach in the NBA again. That Woj came out and said that there was some crude language being used by Ime Adoka, so it's all very, very interesting. But what I thought was very interesting was a clip that I saw from a Showtime 
I, I, I forget what the name of it is. I'm having a brain fart right now. I guess I should have wrote it down in my notes. But Showtime has a basketball-themed kind of like talk show with Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Stephen Jackson, and Matt Barnes. And obviously they talked to KG about the Ime Adoka situation, how the Celtics locker room can really handle this. And KG, I thought, had a couple great quotes that I'd like to read to you. You know, the first one, he said that the locker room cohesiveness has to be in a 1,000. Your real leader, your general, is not going to be there for a whole year. Just think about all that promise, all that investment they took on getting to the finals and what that year was like. They've all been there, and it's hard as fuck to get back to the finals. And dark times show true self and personnel. And I thought that was a great quote by Kevin Garnett. He said that this is when people step up and this is when you come out and grow your wings. And I think he's talking directly to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I've talked about it last year in season four of the podcast, and I'll talk about it this year in season five. Jason and Jalen have to hold down this locker room and make sure everyone stays focused, they stay close together, and they keep their eye on the prize. And that is a return trip to the NBA Finals and hopefully Banner 18. This is a huge step for them as young men, as leaders, as individuals, it's it's just a huge year for them. And for, for these two to have this on their plate, this is the toughest test they'll probably ever have about being true leaders. And I think they're going to do a great job at it. I think Jalen is one of the smartest people in the NBA you know, on and off the court. You know, Jason ha- has become more and more vocal. Even Al Horford said it during practices this week. You know, after he talked to, after practice, he would talk to the press and say, hey, Jason's been more vocal, which is great. He's become more and more vocal every single year because during this little clip that I saw, you know, even Steven Jackson said, every single time that this team goes through a lull this season, this Ime Adoka situation is going to get brought up. When they lose two or three games in a row, people are going to blame this Ime Adoka situation. And Jalen and Jason and Joe Mazzula and Al Horford and Marcus Smart and even Malcolm Brogdon, even though he's brand new here, those veteran guys have to keep everyone focused block out all the outside noise because even Kevin Garnett like added to the conversation basically said the league doesn't care about excuses when you go through something it brings you closer together and if this group can come closer together a deeper team than we've seen in a while for the Boston Celtics it could be huge for them so I'm glad Kevin Garnett spoke up about this situation and how Jalen and Jason can lead. And I hope Jalen and Jason can reach out to Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and other former Celtics players to be like, hey, I know you've never been through this, and I'm young, and I'm trying to be the best leader I can. Help me so I can bring another championship back to Boston. So shout out to KG for really keeping it real like he always does. Um, What else do we want? Oh, yeah, Blake Griffin. Let's talk about Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin has signed a one-year veteran minimum guaranteed deal with the Boston Celtics. Obviously, the NBA training camp rosters can only be 20 players. So because of that, the Celtics got rid of Denzel Valentine, a guy who played very well uh, up in Maine for the Boston Celtics, but they thought Blake Griffin was a better fit. And here we are. Now listen, is Blake Griffin still jumping over Kia Optima's? No, he's not. I used to own a Kia Optima. It's not why I bought a Kia Optima. It's a great car. Okay. I don't think he fully jumped over it. The angle was weird, but that's a a different podcast for a different day. Now, is Blake Griffin the same guy who got absolutely roasted in the playoffs last year by Jalen Brown? Yes, it is. Uh, Is Blake Griffin going to be playing random games here and there? Not every single game until Rob comes back? Yes. Is Blake Griffin going to be a reliable guy for the Celtics on back-to-backs? No, because he's probably not going to play. But 
you know, there, there could be the, the, the way I look at it is this Blake Griffin's going to play like two times a week until Rob comes back. And then he's going to play one time a week when Rob comes back. And that one time a week is when Al Horford needs a rest. So a second night of a back-to-back on a West coast road trip in March, Blake Griffin's going to play 17 minutes. It's not going to be fun. It, it could have some flashes for sure. This is a very low risk and it's not like a high reward. It's like a reasonable reward. I know that's not a saying like, you know, the saying is low risk, high reward or high risk, low reward. Um, to me, this is low risk and a reasonable award or sure. Hopefully we get an award, but reward. So he, listen, Blake Griffin led the, I don't know if he led the league in him in charges last year. I, I forget I should have wrote this down, but he had more charges or last year than Marcus Smart and Derek White. I think Derek White had like 21, Marcus Smart had 20, and Blake Griffin had 26. So clearly he's not jumping over people now. He's literally standing in front of people, making sure they don't get to the rim and drawing offensive fouls, which is crazy. So is he physical? Yes. Can he jump the same way? No. Is he going to be able to box out and get a rebound the way he used to Eh, probably not but he can be physical and can be strong and can give a quick little presence here and there and also a veteran locker room present i mean presence i mean think about all the shit that he went through with ben simmons and james harden when he played for the nets and all the shit that happened in la he's he's seen some crazy shit in the nba and he could be a good vocal leader in the locker room, even though he's a new guy, for some of these younger guys to really come into themselves, like Jalen and Jason, they can they can grow and be unbelievable leaders and basketball players. And I know I, I keep repeating myself, but I I will beat this thing into the ground that Jalen and Jason have to step as step up as leaders this year if this team really wants to win Banner 18. But Blake Griffin, am I thrilled about it? No. Am I pissed about it? No. You know, is Carmelo Anthony maybe a better fit? Sure. Does Carmelo want to come here? Who knows? Is Carmelo a loser in the playoffs? Yes. Hassan Whiteside, should he be here instead? Again, who knows if he wants to be here? Who knows if the Celtics had a tryout with him and just didn't go well? He's a guy that either wants to play or doesn't want to play. It's kind of annoying because he is a pretty good talent. But yeah, so that's all That's all the Ime Adoka and Blake Griffin stuff. So let's talk about actual basketball because earlier today... Well, I am recording on Sunday, but earlier today, I did go to the Boston Celtics first preseason game. I got some courtside seats thanks to my fantastic season ticket holder. He's the king, the goat. So thank you. If you're listening, he usually does. So thank you. But before this preseason game started, just a couple quick notes. Luke Cornett sprained ankle during practice. He'll be out for a week or two. He'll be back for the start of the regular season. Most likely will be the starter in that five spot taking over for Rob. Blake Griffin was not in the building from what I saw. I was on the opposite end of the Celtics bench, but I didn't really see him there. But let's talk about what we saw, shall we? The first thing that really popped up to me was the fact that Noah Vonley, kid from Haverhill, Massachusetts, was the first big off the bench before number 12, um, before Cabin Gelly. It was, it, was just, it was just interesting. And listen, Noah Vonley, he's from Haverhill, Massachusetts. Um, the Chumpshirt High athletic director hit me up today, Danny Hart, and basically said, Noah Von Ley shouldn't be in the league because Chumpshirt High Basketball, my, my hometown, beat him back in the day. So that should be an asterisk right there because the Chumpshirt High Basketball program isn't the greatest thing in the world. But Noah Von Ley, local kid, been in and out of the league, been on a bunch of teams. 
he is gr- he's not great on defense. He is active, but he's not great. He did some good things out there. Like he also hit it like a step back three at the buzzer, which who would have thought that was going to be a thing. And he also did some bad things like forgetting to box out. So is this something we can deal with until December? Who knows? Like, is it great? No. Is it awful? No. Is it better than Ennis Cantor or Ennis Freedom or whatever his name is? Yes. I, I do think so. You know, he can set good screens. He's obviously more athletic. He can run the floor a little bit. And But the the guy that I want to see more is um, Mifundu. I, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that name right. I don't know if it's Mifundu or Mifundu. Either way, Mifundu, Cabin Gelly. Again, I probably butchered, butchered that. But Cabin Gelly, I love him. I think he's great. I saw him play a bunch uh, at FSU because I'm a Duke fan, so I watch ACC basketball a lot. I thought he was great at FSU. He obviously got drafted by the Clippers, won a championship, I believe, with the Vipers in the G League. He's moved around a little bit. He played very well in the Summer League for the Celtics in Las Vegas. He's very athletic. He hustles. He brings a lot of energy. Obviously, the city of Boston loves that. He only played for like 11 or 12 minutes, four for four, also hit a three-pointer, got a couple boards, including an and one, which was great. And you know, the, the player that he kind of reminds me of, and, I, and again, I'm not really comparing him, just a reminder, is kind of like Montrez Harrell, just a guy that can come off the bench, energy guy, has a little bounce, can run the floor, doesn't mind being physical, and I really hope he makes this team. He's on a he's on a, a two-way contract where he'll be playing sometimes in Maine and sometimes down in with the Celtics. I hope it's more with the Celtics than up with the Maine Red Claws and the Maine Celtics, whatever they're called now, but who, you know, his playing time, his availability is all going to be based on the health. You know, does Rob need a day off? Does Blake Griffin have a twisted ankle? It, it, it's all going to be very, very curious and bizarre and weird. This 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 whole season, and it hasn't even started, is just so weird. You know, is Al going to be young again? How healthy is Rob going to be? Now we have Blake Griffin who can barely move can number 12 grow like four inches so he can actually play a a bigger role and just height wise where he can play the four or the five because he is physical and strong but like all of it's just so weird and cabin galley i really think could be a bright spot for this team like seriously i really and truly think he could and and what i mean by like a bright spot is just a guy that you're like hey cabin galley's in the game we can trust him to play 13 or 14 minutes and we can go okay it may not be great but it's going to be okay so Listen, and, and and here's the other thing. Sorry, just I'm literally just babbling at this point, and I and I apologize for that. But like, Cabangeli mentioned that Al Horford has helped him expand his game, which you love to see. I could just see Cabangeli just going into a sauna, and Al Horford just sitting there in the smoke, and it just clears out. Let me tell you how to expand your game, son. Let me tell you how to become a better basketball player. I, I can see that happening. So, But basketball-wise, even though the Celtics destroyed the Hornets 134-93, to 93, we saw some of the same stuff from last year. For example, a lot of turnovers, 25 turnovers. Like, we can't do this again. I can't do this again. It's not good for my mental health, my physical health any Celtics fans health we cannot do a shitload of turnovers anymore we can't do it you know Jalen had four Jason had five I understand their usage rate is high but yikes nine turnovers between the two of them 25 for the team not really idea 
ideal, but the ball movement was there. They were moving the ball well, a lot of drive and kicks, which was great. Jason Tatum had a couple great crossovers. It almost kind of looks like that's a new kind of move in his bag. He he was right in front of me on the baseline in the first quarter and crossed up Mason Plumley, took it to the rack, went to the free throw line. It was great. But listen, the Celtics got 41 assists off of 48 field goals. That's just sexy. That's beautiful. That's Jessica. Uh, that's like Jessica Chastain on the red carpet. It's fantastic. I love it. But 25 turnovers, not really idea. ideal. It's also the preseason. Who cares? But the ball movement was there. Guys willing to make the extra pass. It was there. Magnum Brogdon was awesome with drive and kicks. And listen, it was kind of weird. While I was sitting courtside, when Malcolm Brogdon came in in the first quarter, the ball kind of like kept slipping out of his hands when he tried to pass it. And it just seemed like he was just like, you know, when a quarterback in the NFL throws like a duck and the ball just didn't look right trying to get to his teammates. It was soft. It was weird. It obviously changed during the game, but I, I don't know, for whatever reason, that just like kind of stuck in my mind. But anyways, I thought he ran the ball very, very, uh, ran the offense very, very well. He pushed the ball whenever he got outlet passes or the rebounds, which is something that I feel like Joe Missoula really wants. He wants to get, have these guys get rebounds and push it because Al can bring the ball, the bring the ball up the floor. Derek White can, Tatum can, Jalen can, Marcus can, Malcolm Brogdon can. Literally, basically everyone can except for number 12 and Rob. Like, no, like seriously. So I, I feel like that's something that Joe Missoula is really going to push along. But for Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon to get nine assists, again, he's not the best shooter, pretty good at a catch and shoot. He did hit a catch and shoot three pointer in the second half. I thought he played very well off the bench. I really and truly did. But these driving kicks, they led to some very good three point shooting. Celtics went 22 of 47 from three. And here's the thing. If we have to do another season of live or die by the three, that's fine as long as the turnovers go down or the turnovers stay up and we don't do live or die by the three. It's got to be one or the other. But I thought Joe Mazzula had a very good game plan today and it showed with the 40-plus 40, 40 point win. I know the Hornets didn't have a couple of their players like Malcolm Bridges and Gordon Hayward, but even still, it, w- it was a good game plan. Now, one of the other little concerning things is they gave up a shitload of offensive rebounds. I think the Celtics got eight. The Hornets got 16. Again, this is going to have to be some pain that we're going to have to deal with when Rob is not on the floor. But this is where Jalen and Jason need to step up. They're rebounding this season. Marcus, Derek, Malcolm. It has to be team rebounding. It just can't be two or three guys. We can play unbelievable perimeter defense, but the second that shot goes up, everyone has to crash the boards or find a body and box out. When it comes to number 12, number 12 came off the bench, <laughs> got a turn, like literally caused his own turnover. It was infuriating. Like just thinking about it, I, I can't even speak English because I literally just said number 12 caused his own turnover. He came into the game, turnover. And then on the defensive end, someone blew right by him. But then after that, he shot the ball well, got a couple of rebounds, which was nice. Yeah, I think he got like three or four assists, which is, you know, pretty impressive. And, you know, and that just shows his growth in his game that he's willing to pass the ball a little bit more when those shots aren't there instead of forcing the ball up or doing those stupid shot fakes that he does. And then he can't finish at the rim. So I, I felt like that was good. So number 12's first two plays were atrocious. But after that, you know, he he's seems to be the same player that he was maybe a little bit slimmer and quicker but still strong and physical so as long as that can continue he's i mean number 12 is going to be a huge part of this no rob thing for eight to 12 weeks like for real it's, it's going to be very interesting but jalen brown 
he was the best player on the floor by a long shot. He tacked the rim. He found his spots, went five or seven from the line. Thank God. At one point, you know, he made like two or three free throws in a row. It was beautiful. But one thing that I need Joe Mazzulla to do, he needs to st- he needs to be able to switch it up because Brad couldn't do it. Ime couldn't do it. Jalen always comes out hot and then just disappears. Jalen had an unbelievable first quarter. I think he played at least the first 10 minutes of the first quarter, if not all 12. And then in the second quarter, he only took one shot. And we can't have Jalen disappear like that. And Missoula doesn't seem like a guy that yells. He just kind of like stares you in the eye and tells you what you have to do at the right tone. And I think Missoula is really handling all of this very well so far, saying the right things, doesn't mind speaking to the media. And it seems like the players really respect him in his basketball mind. He tried some new lineups that were weird and bizarre, but that's okay. That's what preseason's for. And overall... You, the Celtics looked impressive. Minus the turnovers and the offensive rebounds, the Celtics looked impressive. So, oh yeah, one more thing. Sam Hauser shot the ball well. He's going to he's going to get a lot of minutes, whether you like Sam Hauser or not. I think he's a big Brad guy. It is what it is. I was impressed with his defense because I thought he was going to be a poop sandwich defensively, and he was actually pretty decent. Uh, but if he can shoot the ball well, and these driving kicks are still a thing, if Malcolm Brogdon, like if there's a lineup of Al Horford, Sam Hauser, Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, and Jason Tatum. Sam Hauser is going to hit a lot of three-pointers this year as a small-minute rotation bench guy. Like, seriously, I, I thought he shot the ball very well. He found his spots, quick release of the ball. I liked it. So, listen, the Hornets are not the, – the, the Hornets aren't good. Like, let's just be real about that but they have a good matchup coming up at the garden on on wednesday night 7 30 toronto raptors are coming to town and i'm only looking for a couple things in this game it's pretty simple i need the same ball movement i need the same open shots to be hit but you got to limit the turnovers also how will missoula deal with the rotation is this going to be more of a set rotation that we're going to see in games or is he still going to see who might make these final couple roster spots and then I also want to see how much Blake plays. Will Blake Griffin play? Or he's just going to sit out there in the preseason, practice really hard, and that'll be that. So I'm really not looking for much. I, I just want whatever we saw, shooting the ball-wise, moving the ball-wise, playing defense, all that stuff to continue to grow and get better because it seems to be the same system, maybe with just a little twists, which is all I was really hoping and asking for, and it seemed like that's going to be the case. So uh, that's it for episode 187 of the Banner Banter Podcast. You can always find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. Appreciate your support as always. Keep your eyes out on the social media pages for a new merchandise that's coming on the way. And thanks for, uh, for all your support as always. You can um, always subscribe on uh, Apple or Spotify and leave a rating or uh, a comment. It always helps grow the popularity of the podcast. So I wouldn't appreciate it if you did that. And uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles, X's and O's. Bye bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.